With service second to none, Fury Brothers Lincoln of Iowa City has been earning the business of customers in Johnson County and the surrounding area since 2010. Fury Brothers Lincoln is a full-service dealership offering new Lincoln custom orders with a dedicated sales, service, and parts department. They are proud to be here for you. As a happy customer, the entire Deary staff was unbelievable to work with. They found the vehicles our family was looking for, and we will definitely be doing business with them in the future. Check out Deary Brothers Lincoln on Facebook and follow them on Twitter at Deary Bros. Hello, and welcome to the Leave Your Legacy podcast. I'm your host, Kenya Murray, and today's episode, we have the 1999 Indiana Mr. Basketball, <laughs> McDonald's All-American, and uh, maker of one of the greatest shots in Big Ten tournament history for the Iowa Hawkeyes, Luke Recker. Luke, what's, how what, you doing? I'm good, man. Good to see you, Kenyon. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. It's uh, It's been funny because... Uh, we don't see each other, but you're right there in Coralville and you're yeah. raising your kids and everything. And, and you truly have become, went from being a Hoosier to a Hawkeye and made your roots here, man. So that's, that's gotta be awesome to be able to raise your family here. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, never in a million years would I ever thought, one, I would have went to the University of Iowa and two, uh, live my life here. So, uh, <laughs> but it's great. I wouldn't have it any other way. You know, life uh, takes take you down many roads and uh, I'm so fortunate that I had the opportunity to come here and obviously meet my wife here and now raise a family here in, in Coralville. It's where we live. It's just a fabulous place, man. I couldn't, couldn't be happier. Yeah. You know, and, and that's part of the legacy. You know, I think that's one of the things we talk about, but there's a lot of fans that probably don't know how you came to Iowa, but yeah. you were very heralded. And I think you committed to the university of Indiana when you were a sophomore in high school. That's correct. So, Back then, like it was Indiana was there was a lure to Indiana. So tell like, what was it about Indiana and Bob Knight that made yeah. Luke record commit as a sophomore? Man, it's a crazy story. Um, first off, uh, I wasn't even an Indiana Hoosier fan. So really? I, people don't know this. I was born in Ohio. I lived in Ohio till I was in fourth grade. Then we moved to Indiana. Now, uh, you, pro you played against this individual. My favorite player of all time played for Ohio State. Or number 22. Oh, shoot. Really? Who's that? Jim Jackson, right? That's right. Yeah. Toledo Maycomber High School from Toledo. Jim Jackson was like my idol. I love Jim Jackson. I love the Buckeyes. Uh, then I, you know, I moved to Indiana and eventually become, a, you know, just through osmosis. People are crazy about Indiana basketball. So, um, but I started off, um, my the team that first recruited me was Notre Dame and Fran McCaffrey yep. was yep. the coach there. So I've known Fran since I was in junior high. Yep. And uh, then I got an opportunity. Um, Indiana started recruiting me, and it went really quickly, quite frankly. I wasn't a huge Indiana fan, but my parents always told me that, hey, they told my sisters and I, I grew up with four sisters, they said, if you guys want to go to college, we're not paying for it. You got to figure out how to get a scholarship. Mm -hmm. And when they offered me a scholarship, I'm like, hey, I got my college paid for it. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. You don't know how good you are when you're 15 years old. Right. Yeah. Uh, and I got that opportunity. So, it was strange. It was weird. Uh, we went down. Actually, they were playing Iowa of all teams for a game. And afterwards, Coach Knight, there were a few recruits there. And, and Coach Knight said he wanted to see me. So we went in his office and with my parents. And they invited us down a couple weeks later. Came down a couple weeks later, and we were sitting around. And he basically goes, Luke, would you like to play for Indiana someday? And I'm like, sure, Coach. You know, he's the most <laughs> intimidating person I've ever been around in right, my life. Right. I've, I've seen and the fortune of meeting a lot of people. And I'm like, yeah, of course, it'd be great. And he looked to my parents and said, hey, would, would you like Luke to play for Indiana? They're like, well, we'll support him whatever he wants to do. And you know, if this is where he wants to go, sure, we'll support that. And 
Coach Knight's like, great. Well, you know, you're going to be a Hoosier. I'm, yeah. call, I'm like, what just happened there, right? Wow. So that's wow. kind of how it really happened. I'm not, I'm not saying I wouldn't have, you know, gone there or whatnot. But, uh, yeah, it was no intention. It happened really quickly. And then, you know, now there's perks with committing to Indiana when you're that age because, yeah. you know, suddenly our, everybody's at our high school games. And it was, it was cool. But, yeah, it was, uh, it was strange. But uh, I did commit there pretty young. Yeah. <clears throat> no, I know. And like, you know, Damon Bailey's another one that yeah. committed really early. And obviously I remember seeing some documentaries on that too, but Indiana basketball has always been wild. So your high school, uh, like I said, you were, you became a McDonald's all American. You're Mr. Basketball. Uh, you know, did you guys win state titles or anything like so that? So my <laughs> senior year. So when I was in middle school or junior high, I think our high school was like, Oh, and 20. And Honestly, wondering if we were gonna, I was even gonna go there. I thought maybe I'd go to some private school just to get better competition. Well, we had a high school coach. We we hired a new high school coach, and the guy was phenomenal. The first thing he did is he gathered us all up in a bus, took us to Indianapolis, stood us on the steps of at the time it was called the Hoosier Dome or RCA Dome, and that's where they played the state championship. He's like, "We're gonna play here someday, and if you don't believe that, then I don't want you in my program." Mm. And just changed the whole perspective of of that of the program, the high school basketball program. Now, we ended up turning it around. I played with some pretty good players. Um, never actually, my senior year was the last year they had one class high school basketball mm, in Indiana, okay. which was incredible. I, I wish they would go back to it. But anyhow, we got to the final um, eight uh, and then unfortunately got bounced. But the year that my senior year, the team that won it was Bloomington North. They had Jared Jeffries, oh, Sean yeah. May. I mean, they had a couple NBA. They were players. loaded. Yeah, they were loaded. So I'm not sure we would have beat them, but I, I was fortunate i had some good you know i think there was four or five guys i played with that throughout my course of my high school career that high school career that played division one um nothing huge but like wright state uh wisconsin green bay places like that gotcha gotcha but you had some talent on the yeah team, we had so. talent and it was i think it all started with just this new coach came in and changed the mindset it's he he believed that we were going to get to this level and he taught us that you don't get there without hard work and yeah. you know so it was awesome that's awesome man so you know, a lot of people don't know. Well, sophomore year, you had yeah. a good sophomore year yeah. at Indiana, about 17 points a game, yeah. like, yeah. you know, I don't mention all conference, that kind of stuff. And then you decided to leave. <laughs> yeah, I think I took the world, shocked the world, actually, or at least Indiana fans. Um, so it goes back, you know, I played there as a freshman, had a lot of success. I, you know, I started, I averaged close to 13 a game as a freshman at Indiana. Um Quite frankly, uh, this wasn't having a lot of fun, right? Yeah. You're, as a kid, you're you're constantly it's your dream to play in the Big Ten or ACC or SEC, whatever conference. But it's your dream to be on ESPN and hear Dickie V, yeah. you know, announce your name. And um, I think there's a lot of stress. There's a lot of pressure uh, growing up there. Um, thank God they didn't have social media and all, yeah. all the stuff they have now. Yeah, but uh, yeah, quite frankly, you know, I, I just I wasn't really enjoying it to the level I thought. So, uh, you know, I, I explored leaving after my freshman year. Long story there. Yeah. Having some conversations with the coach and um, went back. And then um, after my sophomore year, I said, like, you know what? This isn't really the place for me. So, I mean, I don't, I don't hold grudges. I, it was, it was just at the time of my life, I, you know, looking back on it could have been the pressure could have been whatever, but I just wanted to do something different. No, it's, it's a very similar story. I called my mom my yeah. sophomore year. It was like 11 o'clock at night. And same thing. I wasn't having fun. We, we weren't very good that year. Yeah. Um, we, I think we only had eight scholarship guys on 
on the team. And I just called my mom and I remember having that conversation. Obviously I stayed. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, sometimes, you know, people don't understand, like, even though you're here and it's Indiana, you're still like, yeah, it's great. And I know the tradition, but I'm not happy. And so you were looking for the joy in something that, that had brought joy to you all these years. For sure. It was just different. Right. Um, You know, I, I, Listen, I mean, these college kids go through a lot. Like, you, you, I mean, you know, as you went through it yourself, and obviously as a parent of two boys that played Division One basketball, it, it's a, extreme pressure. I mean, there's a lot of eyes and focus on you, and, and it's hard for those kids to handle. So, and I'm not, I don't, you know, looking back, I, as a more mature person, I probably would have done things a little bit differently. Yeah. Um, but I don't regret anything. I mean, obviously, decisions I made uh, led to where I'm at today. Um, I, I couldn't be happier. Tremendous life, tremendous yeah. family, and that, that's truly what matters. So, but yeah, no, I'm I'm super pumped where I'm at now. Uh, life, <laughs> life's crazy, Canyon, as you know. Uh, but uh, the Indiana thing was a great experience. I mean, it was the 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 fans in Indiana are, are next level. Um, I remember specifically at Indiana, and you'd go play at like Happy Valley against Penn State, and it'd be the Bryce Jordan Center would be sold out, packed. Yeah, and you know it didn't matter where you played; it was always packed. And then when I transferred to Iowa, and we went and played there, and it's like two thousand people. Like, What's going <laughs> yeah, on? Right. It's everybody's there to see Coach Knight and you know the Indiana Mystique, and so. But um, no, I I loved loved Iowa. I love where I'm where I'm at. I had a great experience here. Yeah, you know, and you talk about so you leave Indiana. Yeah, so you're. Iowa was one of the schools you considered. <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah. Uh, not, not really. Not kind really. Of it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, Notre Dame. Yeah. You and I, you and I, cause I've known Fran since I was in high yep. school too. He recruited yep. me. Um, was North Carolina one North of those Carolina. schools? And then you opted. Florida. Yeah. Yep. And then Arizona. Yeah. Those are the t- so you get, remember if you back, back when we're old. So back in the day, you got those five official visits right. where they yeah. could actually pay for it. Um, I, Notre Dame, I didn't take an official just cause I grew up there. I knew it. And I, I, Went and visited there. Um, and then that was actually when Matt Doherty, I think, just came in after okay. John McLeod. So yep. he was there. Came in from Kansas on Roy Williams' staff. Uh, and then uh, I took official to Florida with Billy Donovan um, back when they were pretty good. Yep. Um, and then North Carolina. Uh, Dean had just retired, and it was Bill Guthridge actually there. Dean Smith had just retired. And then Lute Olson at Arizona. And um, so Iowa took an official visit. I, I've known – I knew Steve offered for yeah. a long, long time. And my dad was, was my parents had divorced when I was in high school. My dad was working in Washington, Iowa. Yeah. So it made sense to give him a shot. Although there was really no true consideration at the time because you lost your scholarship in the big Yeah, time. absolutely. And my parents, my mom was like, you're crazy. Why would you take on student loans and debt when you get, go anywhere in the country for free? So, you know, I didn't, I really didn't have an intention of going to Iowa, but I wanted to visit and, that's all right. We, yeah, we, we came back around. Yeah. No, but I, I, I came here. I was surprised. I was like, oh my God, this place is awesome. Yeah. And uh, when you play here, I remember when we played here when I was in Indiana, you fly into Cedar Rapids, right? You get on a bus, you go down uh, 380, you get on Interstate 80, and we stay at the old Highlander Hotel. Oh, yeah. yeah. And yeah. I was like, there is, and at that time, there was no like anything out there. Now there's Jimmy John's and the Mercy Search Center and all. There was nothing. I yeah. was like, holy cow, this is, really is a desolate place. Yeah. And then you'd take a bus and you go, I can't remember the route we took to get to Carver, but we didn't go through campus or downtown or anything. Yeah. 
And so I didn't know any of this existed until I took my visit here. Yeah, well, that's funny. <laughs> well, Chris and Keegan didn't either because we never came down here if it wasn't for like a football game or basketball yeah. game. So yeah. they were surprised there too. But but yeah, so you decided on Arizona. And, yeah. and you know, we don't have to get too deep into it. No, but I mean, I a part of, part of your story is, uh, you know, that summer, Yep. you know, you guys are going to, and I'm not sure what state you guys were in, where you, you're in Colorado yeah. and you're heading to a concert and, yeah. and you you end up in an accident yeah. where a number of people lost their lives. Yeah. Um, you were badly hurt. Yeah. Your girlfriend at the time yep. badly hurt her brother. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, whatever you want to share, like no, kind of take us yeah, through, through know, that time. And, yeah. So Arizona was the ultimate school that I wanted to, to go finish my basketball career at. I, I, I really fell in love with, with Lute Olson mm-hmm. and his style of play. Um, they had an un, un, incredible roster at the time. You had, Richard Jefferson, Gilbert Arenas, Jason Gardner, Lauren Woods, Michael Wright, Eugene Edgerson. Um, I mean, Man, they were just stacked. Yeah. Ruben Douglas was there, who ended up actually transferring. But really, really good basketball players. Um, I think they actually, the year I would have been eligible, they, they lost in the final game to, to Duke. And the goal was to go find a spot where I could enjoy playing, uh, hopefully put myself in a position to, to play professional basketball someday and, and hopefully win a national championship. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and loot was just very different than what I was accustomed to at Indiana. Right. Loot was as laid back. Now he demanded excellence and yeah. he pushed you hard, but different style. Like, I don't, I don't know if I've ever, I don't think anybody that's ever played for him ever heard him say a cuss word. Right. right? <laughs> yeah. I've heard that. Um, he, he's just a tremendous person. So that's what really attracted me to Arizona. Um, so it, it was all my intention to go to Arizona, play basketball, Obviously, got in a, a severe automobile accident, hit by a drunk driver that changed the course of my life and many others. Mm-hmm. Um, so tragic situation. Um, it's it's unique, Kenyon. It really uh, changed me as a person. Yeah. From a gratitude perspective, just like, listen, you went through it. I went through it. When you're a college Division One athlete, you feel like you're invincible. Yeah. Right. You I mean, from the attention you get to just. You're, you know, you just feel like there's nothing that can stop you. And like, you know, that yeah. stops you pretty quick. So yeah. you realize that life's precious. It's short. Unfortunately, um, some people in that accident, you know, had some, their lives altered uh, severely. I, you know, I was lucky that I lived. I had a nurse that showed up on the scene of the accident, kind of saved my life because mm-hmm. um, I severed my temporal artery. And, you know, I immediately rushed me into surgery and tried to fix me up for the best they can, I guess. And, yeah. uh, um, so that, that changed my perspective on life for one at that time, you know, I, I didn't even know what my basketball career would look like. I didn't know if I'd play again, you just, you know, at that point you're trying to survive. And, um, so that's what ultimately brought me back to Iowa and, yeah. and Lute Olson was incredible. I will never forget. I didn't even really, I didn't even really get a chance to practice more than like a week or two there. Cause I had pins in my wrist and, but I was around the team and, you know, when you transfer at that point, you can't travel. So you kind of felt like I was, I was isolated. I was yeah. like, man, this is not, and, and I will tell you this, like West coast uh, basketball, like pack 10 at the time or pack 12. It's not like the big 10, you know what I mean? Like big 10, <laughs> like we're going to see that now that UCLA and USC are in our conference. You look at those football games and their stadiums like half empty. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. the big 10 people are crazy. They love football. They love basketball in the Midwest. So it was just a very different you know, life for me out there. And I think, you know, I wanted to get back to the Midwest. My yeah. dad was living here. Um, I've, I've known at the time, I'd known Steve, Al- Steve Alford for a long time. So 
I wanted to get back to a place where I could be close to family, where I know they could come to my games. Yeah. Um, and pr- quite frankly, just Midwestern people. Yeah. So that's why I ended up back at Iowa. Uh, and it was a, the best decision I ever made. Obviously, my wife here and um, we decided to put roots down here because of our friendships and the people we have met here. Um, just an amazing place to raise a family. So feel feel. In a weird way, I feel fortunate that all that stuff happened to yeah. me because it allowed me to be where I'm at today and live with a with a sense of gratitude that you know nothing is you can't take anything for granted. Every day is a gift. So. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's it, it. I think it was so fresh back then, and we have a lot of new listeners and viewers now yeah. that just don't know how did Luke Recker end up here because you know. Like you said, life does take a lot of different turns and, and how it changed you. You know, you start thinking of, you know, one where we use a lot, obviously, is legacy yeah. here. Yep. And you start thinking about, okay, what am I doing? Why am I doing it? Those kind of things. But you ended up here at Iowa. And I'm t- and like I said in the opener, you hit one of the biggest shots yeah. in Big Ten tournament. Even though people don't realize that, like, I even thought it was a championship no, game. No, it was But it was a semifinal. <laughs> Why are you talking about that game? <laughs> but, yeah, so you guys, so you knock off, uh, you knock off Indiana yeah. at the buzzer yeah. with guys that you knew yeah, on the totally. team and stuff like that. So take us back through that that moment and then the feeling. So what's crazy is people don't realize the day before I hit a shot against Wisconsin yep. over Devin Harris, which was actually a buzzer beater as well. Um, and then we turn around and we play Indiana in Indianapolis at Conseco Fieldhouse. I don't think it's called that anymore. What is it now? Oh, I don't even know what okay. it is. Because we played there this year. Yeah, I, I <laughs> don't remember. Know. Who knows what it is. Anyhow, um, playing Indiana, you know, my, my former teammates, honestly, I have a ton of respect and admiration for Mike Davis, mm. who, who we uh, followed up with Coach Knight there. Love, love Coach Davis. And him and I always have, have had a great relationship. Um, but, uh, you know, Listen, you're getting booed by everybody. I, I would tell you, Indiana fans uh, were not too happy when I decided I was transferring. Um, plenty of threats, if you will. I mean, <laughs> the fact that, like, that's why I said I couldn't imagine if they had Twitter or right. <laughs> or even Facebook or whatever. I don't even think we had MySpace. We were so old. Yeah. But anyhow, people actually sat down and, like, wrote hate letters to me. I'm like, who in their right mind is going to get out a piece of paper and a pen and yeah. sit down and address a letter to me about how terrible I am and how much they want to see me injured or hurt or worse, dead. Who knows? But then they would, you know, lick their envelope, address it. Send, and I, I received stacks and stacks of these. I'm not joking. Oh, my god! So to go back to Indianapolis and, and win in that atmosphere uh, with Indiana, I mean, it, it felt, I'm not going to say, it, it felt great, mm-hmm. right? Um, so, and there's not all Indiana people. Fans are bad. I mean, some of them were very nice to me and stuff but um yeah it was great it was a good win uh you know over jared jeffries who obviously had a tremendous career yeah. nba career great great guy um you know against guys like dane five kyle hornsby coverdale uh so guys i grew up playing with and heck even lived with dane five yeah. you know so <laughs> we won't get to that <laughs> <laughs> yeah and anyhow so yeah it felt great um you know, but Indiana, they, they they were a great team. I think they actually went to the yeah they went to the championship, championship game, game that year. That year. I mean, yeah, but I still think to this day Indiana goes to the championship game because of the style that they played with Jared Jeffries. Jared created so many different mismatches that he was surrounded by shooters. They get him the ball in an isolation mode, then he would go to work and he'd kick it out to Hornsby or 
Fife and they just knocked down threes and that's what allowed them to yeah. very different style. They didn't play the old Indiana way. You know? Right. Right. Kind of so, opened it up. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, you had a great career here. Thanks. I mean, you did. I mean, in two years, you almost score a thousand points. Um, yeah. So, and then everybody's thinking, okay, Luke Recker, great career at Iowa, yeah. all big 10. What about the, what, where, what are you going to do professionally? So yeah. I know you spent some time, uh, with the Miami Heat yep. and camp and stuff like that. Yeah. So uh, tell us a little bit about your your professional career. Yeah, professionally, you know. Um, yeah, so like, what's crazy, like, I only played like 53 games at Iowa. I got injured halfway mm. through my junior year. Uh, we were having a heck of a year uh, with Dean Oliver leading the way at the point guard. Reggie Evans obviously came in for junior college. And heck, it was, it was such a fun year until I hurt my knee. Um, it, so you know, that was a bummer. Um Anyhow, uh, professionally, you know, yeah, you finish, and obviously the dream is to to get drafted and play forever in the NBA. Um, probably not reality for most people. Uh, you know, I, I got picked up by the Heat in summer league. Had a really, really good summer league, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, they they offered me a, like a partial guarantee to come to camp because I had some offers in Europe. So I decided to give it a shot, and quite frankly, I, I just. I let the pressure get to me. I didn't play or perform like I knew I could yeah. have and ended up being the very last cut. Um, I remember I called my agent. And I'm like, hey, Pat Riley just released me. And he's like, no, we didn't. I mean, he's like, Dude, they said you had a, you were definitely, you know, because they were, yeah. And I'm like, no, I did. And I remember I told Pat Riley, I was like, well, I asked him, like, what would you suggest? I go to the NBA D League in Europe. He's like, oh, you need to talk to your agent about that, whatever. So, anyhow, the guy ended up getting cut. I went to, uh, I would try to go to Europe right away. It was my intention. Nothing was, you know, all the European jobs are filled. Yeah. So and then I ended up going to the D League at the time. I think it was called the it was D League. Now it's called the G League. Mm-hmm. Trip equivalent, it's like AAA baseball, as you know. And did that for half a year, and then had opportunities in summer leagues every year. And then, but I'd get pretty good offers in Europe. Yeah. And then it was always hard to turn down money. <laughs> right. Plus the life experience. Like my wife and I, you know, we lived six years in Europe, and it was awesome like you know just the experiences we had the people we met um you know getting an opportunity to play basketball at a very very high level and um i enjoyed it i loved it you know until my body said don't do this anymore you can't take it anymore um and my daughter spent her first year of life in spain and that's when it got really hard because i was traveling all throughout europe playing in different countries and you know not having the support of family was hard so we made a decision to to come back to the states and that's when I thought I was going to coach basketball. You know, yeah, yeah. you think you're going to coach, you're going to stay around the game forever. And then I got an opportunity in, in the medical world. So that's where I'm at now. Yeah. For some reason, a lot of athletes end up in the medical. Yeah. It's, cr- it's crazy. It, 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 is, it is true. It is I mean, I think bananas. there's, they've, yeah, they've done a study and uh, I think like 90% of CEOs of fortune 500 companies all played some type of college sport. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I think it, it lends itself to the, dedication, commitment, the competitiveness yeah. that are in athletes, you know, to win and those kind of things I, are huge. I challenge people all the time. Like there, I promise you did not have a class in college. that started at 6am, but right. there's many weight sessions and conditioning sessions where you had to be there at yeah. quarter till six in the morning and you had to be ready, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I, that's, that's, you know, the, the points you made about family, I think that's the one thing that people don't understand about whether it's collegiate athletics or professional athletics is the, commitment to the sport to play at the highest level you have to sacrifice something and nine times out of ten it's your family yeah it's hard and 
you know, everybody thinks it's glamorous, but there's, and I remember playing, I played in Europe and it was actually, you know, two of the best years of my life. Cause you, like you said, you got to travel and you mm-hmm. see different cultures, but you're away from your family and with the travel and you have a newborn. I didn't have yeah. a, I didn't have yeah. a newborn playing <laughs> basketball. So, yeah. you know, I think that's, that's one of these things that people don't realize. They think it's all glitz and glamour and it really isn't. It really takes a toll on you emotionally. It doesn't matter the level, right? You could mm-hmm. be talking what, what you're, what uh, Kenyon's or Kenyon Keegan's doing now, right? With it. I mean, it's glamour. Don't get me wrong. It's glamorous, but it's a lot. Yeah. Like you're, there's a lot of high expectations. There's pressure. You're traveling all the time. Um, yeah. And I look at the coaches now, like they, you know, the amount of, time, energy, effort, travel they put in for recruiting and um, with no guarantees, right? Like you're going to get, so it's a tough life, man. It's not easy. Uh, another thing is if, if I, if I have a bad week at my job, not everybody's on message boards talking about it, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> like if you're, you're a college coach or you're a professional basketball player or whatever, like People are talking about your yeah. job every yeah. day. Yeah. So, uh, Maybe a group me. If you got a group me yeah, going yeah, on with yeah. your team. I'm sure something. there's people at work that think I could probably be doing better at certain times, but yeah. uh, it's not like in the newspapers. That's a yeah. good thing. Yeah, for sure. But no, man, I mean, your roots are here. Yeah. You know, you and Megan, you got your yeah. kid. Like, yeah. So, I mean, what's, you know, I talked to Daryl more about this too, yeah. about being a father is like one of the best feelings. Like it brings the biggest joy. Like what, what is the thing that just puts a smile on your face when you think about your wife and your kids? Yeah, man, that's a, it, it, it's everything to me. Uh, it's pretty cliche, but like, really like, you know, you grew up, I wanted to, there's a couple of things I wanted in life. I wanted to be a, a professional basketball player. And I wanted to be a father and husband. Right. Mm-hmm. So I've got a chance to live my dream. Um, and I couldn't be happier. Like it's, it's a blessing to have two healthy kids. You know, I, I just came off a work call before I came here and, you know, we always do a little segment. So it's, it's tell me something good. Like, tell me something good that's going in your life. Like, and they're like, what's going good in your life? I'm like, well, first off, like at my age, if there's no news is good news because right. <laughs> I've been married for almost 20 years. I have two kids. And if they're happy and healthy, I'm happy. I'm happy and healthy. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. So, uh, yeah, I feel super blessed. Kenyon. I mean, uh, my daughter Avery is, is a freshman in high school. Um, she's a great kid. Um, son Bennett is, is in sixth grade. And, uh, you know, you talk about legacy and, and the meaning of legacy, like it, it's family, right? It's, yeah. um, that's what truly matters. Like if, if, if I want to be known for anything, I don't, I don't care about being known for anything basketball created wise, uh, whether hitting final shots or whatever, like I want to be known hopefully as a, as a good father and as a good husband and good human being like that's, that's truly what matters. Absolutely. And like I said, you've had success and you are a good leader. And one of the things I wanted to ask you just professionally is, are there any, I don't know, any lessons that you've taken as a player that you bring into work, you know, as you lead other people? Um, I think that's the one thing I always thought about as a manager was I'm building a team. You know, you're putting your team together, you're giving them instructions and they need to, you know, they're trying to go out and execute your plan. Like, what are some lessons that you bring into the workforce every day? You know, I think, um, one thing that I've learned is uh, what, by being on a team, there's so many different perspectives, like especially basketball, people come from so many different backgrounds, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And trying to put yourself in other people's shoes and understand that your perspective isn't necessarily their perspective, right? right? I think that's one thing I've gotten better at. Um, so I think that's important first off on a team. And then secondly, just, you know, the lessons you learn through athletics, uh, the teamwork, accountability, um, 
you know, putting others before other success before your own, mm-hmm. like that's, that's highly important as a leader. Cause you're only as good as your people around you. I tell people this all the time. Like I do a lot of sports analogies. I'm sure people at work get tired of it, <laughs> but you know, they talk about, Oh, you're such you and not me in particular, but you're such a great manager, such a good people leader. I'm like, okay, well, let's slow down a little bit. Like who's around you? Because Steve Kerr is a really good basketball coach and he looks really good when you had Durant and you had Clay Thompson and Curry and Draymond and all these guys happy and healthy and you're winning championships. Well, what happens when Clay Thompson tears his Achilles and Steph's out and Durant gets traded? Like his philosophy, his style didn't change at all, but right. the Warriors weren't winning. Absolutely. <laughs> right? Yeah, right, right, yeah. That's so, like, point. leadership is all about who's around you. Yeah, yeah. Right. If you got good people around you, the job's pretty easy. <laughs> That's awesome. That's a great, great point. I have it uh, on my. On my emails, I said the head coach is only as good as his assistants and his players. Totally, it's so true. I think you're good. You're as good as people. Nobody, nobody does anything by themselves in this world. Right. Everybody has help and support. And um, if you got the right people around you supporting you, and, and they can make you look pretty good. Absolutely. All right, man. So I'm gonna hit you. We, right. do, we, we do rapid fire questions here at cool. the end. So, all right. First one. If you need something sweet, what's your go to? Mm. Hot tamales, Hot tamales. <laughs> <laughs> or like, I, listen, I am like, I have a sweet tooth, like at home, like, or if I'm on a car, like a, like a three or four hour car trip, got to yeah. Chicago, like I'm stopping the gas station, getting hot tamales. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's a first for me. All right. Burger, chicken or steak. Oh, I like them all. I like to eat, but I, I'll probably choose steak. Steak. Okay, yeah. cool. Now. I think there, there, this next one, I think there are some definite things you should say on this question, okay. but we'll see. Okay. You're on a desert island. Yeah. Who would you want to be with you? And what's one thing that you'll bring with you? Oh, man. Well, I'd want my wife to be with me because she's my best friend and we've been together for over 20 years and trust and love her more than anything. And we watched the show, uh, we watch the show Naked and Afraid all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Our little, yeah. She's all into these survivor yeah. shows. And she, yeah. we always get so mad when people don't think the proper, bring the proper things. Like um, if we're on a desert, like, we need to like survive. We, yeah. we definitely need a fire starter for sure. Yeah. Um, but uh, cause I, I mean, I couldn't do it myself. I'm not an outdoors man. Uh, I don't know, man. Like a, a bunch of food, I guess. Yeah. All right. I will take that. Yeah, so, yeah. well, awesome, man. So I want to thank Luke Recker for joining me today. And I want to leave you with a quote from American philosopher, William James. The great use of life is to spend it for something that will outlast it. A big thank you to Luke Recker for joining me today. Please go to the Talk About Network page on YouTube. Subscribe, give us a like, and you can find the podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Kenyon Murray. Until next time. This podcast is sponsored by Storyline Multimedia. Storyline is an Iowa City-based media company that specializes in creating high-quality video, photo, and audio productions for local businesses. Not only that, but they also produce a number of podcasts, including this one. So if you're interested in sharing the story of your business with the world, contact them today by visiting StorylineMultimedia.com. And remember, your story matters.